0: Alright, <clears throat> Romans 7. We're going to finish Romans 7 today. Romans 7. What have we learned so far in Romans 7? You haven't learned nothing It's very confusing.
1: Uh, you. Like, <laughs> I do what I don't know. My life.
0: Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it even some more. Paul continues to shed more and more light on <clears throat> our um, understanding of the battle within. Here, is the top of the page says there: the flesh and the spirit. Um, Yeah, well, you know, Paul, (laughs) it it does, it causes us, the book of Romans causes us to stretch our mind and stretch our understanding. Um, Paul doesn't write in ways that uh, always are easily understood. Um, It causes us to have to think, um, you know. Uh, some of it is translation. Some of it is how it's translated, um, which was interesting. Jessica was laughing at me because I had uh, three. I have three different physical Bibles of different translations, and then I have on my phone I have a fourth. And I was going back and reading different <laughs> ones and comparing. And, um, it's interesting. So. The New American Standard is the only one <coughs> that translates 21 the way it does. Uh, the ESV, and the NIV, the uh, King James all translate it uh, a little bit differently. So, but anyways, um, some of it uh, is translation. Some of it's cultural, okay? Especially when we get into, uh, when we're looking at the first part. Uh, uh, or the latter part of six and some, uh, some in the seven when it's talking about slaves and so on. Some of that is cultural uh, to that time. Um, and you have to do research to understand what it's talking about as far as the slave-owner uh, relationship. Because we don't, we don't understand it in the same way as the slaves that we are familiar with. Um, more recent times is not the slavery that we're talking about uh, here. So, um, anyways, yeah, so chapter 7 is uh, probably one of the more difficult uh, in a lot of ways to cipher out what Paul is saying, but at the same time, one of the most important chapters in the book of Romans for us to understand uh, this battle. And this battle of sin and, and of the spirit and the, the war that goes on um, and that we understand that it's real and it's very helpful I believe that we see this uh, picture drawn out by Paul right because when we look at Paul we view Paul as what you know, the, the hero of our faith, this, this man that probably, if you could live a sinless life, it was probably Paul got the closest, right? That's, that's probably the way we would look at Paul. And so, uh, that's the mindset often we have about Paul. And then we see Paul write chapter 7, and says, O wretched man that I am. Uh, and it gives us a clear understanding that uh, you've never arrived. Uh, something just uh, as a, a lead-in to that understanding uh, next week we're going to take a break from Romans uh, and they're going to take a break from their class uh, in the coin we're all going to be in here partly because the coin will be set up for Valentine's Day so we're going to combine everybody we thought it would be a good opportunity to have a conversation um, kind of around that. I'm not going to go into great detail about what that's going to be, but it it won't be a Sunday school class you'll want to miss. It'll be a very helpful and encouraging and insightful, hopefully, um, Sunday school class that has to do with Romans 7 um, in part. So, um, but... With all that being said, let's uh, open with prayer and then we'll get into these uh, few verses here. Lord, we thank you for uh, shedding light on our Christian life and the battle with our flesh and how we can understand it and we realize this is a real war uh, that we do battle with. Lord, I pray that we would get insight here and encouragement and instruction uh, through your word today in your name amen. amen okay so verses 14 through 21 now again this is all connected it's just a lot of information to do in one Sunday school so we broke it up but verses 14 through 21 what was Paul how, how do we you know this was just last week so what did, what was Paul going over at, uh, in this section what was he what was he flushing out in verses 14 through 20?
1: That um, <clears throat> before Christ he was a of sin and um, that the law um, it shows he was want to be changed with him and that he still sometimes then he doesn't want to do Yeah. Uh, now he knows the difference Right. Sorry. There's
0: his two natures. Just his uh, flesh is still alive in there and um, participating in his life. And not going to And uh, he still does a lot of stuff and he doesn't want to do anymore. And he, he's seeing that there's two sides within him battling against each other. He's trying to explain to him what that is. Cause he was, you know, just spent all Roman's so Tell everyone uh, just how condemned they are and, and what sanctification is and uh, a lot of hard stuff to follow and it, it makes it look like he it puts himself on a pedestal care. and says he's here anything I'm no better if here's what's going on inside of me and this, this is going on inside of you too yeah it, uh, Paul goes you know in chapters 1 through 3 what he's everyone's condemned we're all wretched right And then he gets in and he starts talking about how we're freed from sin and we're no longer under sin and we're no longer under bondage. And you get this idea of, hey, I can be sinless. This is cool. And Paul brings us back to reality in chapter 7 and says, that's not what I'm saying at all. okay You have the ability through justification not to sin. You do have that. Now, Paul clearly in these verses gives us the understanding of that battle. Uh, before you're justified, you could only sin. Once you're justified, you do have an opportunity to do one. Or you have the choice. Now, I guess, do you want to get a Did he say all of this at one
1: time? It's
0: a letter. So, yeah, it was a penned letter. It was a, a long letter. Yeah, it's a long letter. Of instruction so um, kind of a bookish letter <laughs> right it's a book I mean it's 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 a long it's a very long letter um, but yeah, it's the chapters and verses and all of that were done much later when it was done for our benefit to help us you know theologians and scholars and so on, broke it up as best they could in different you know, trains of thoughts and so on. And so that's where you get your chapter breaks and your verses. And what does make it easier for us to say, you know, go to verse 4, where none of that was in here. Uh, you know, go to paragraph 7 in the middle of your... You'd all have to have the same Bible to be able to... Uh, and so it, it, there's, it's very helpful for us, but when they were reading it, it was you know obviously just all in a type of a letter. So it's like you would be reading a book. Good. Yeah. So you wouldn't. None of this is designed. There are breaks, just like there is in a you know a letter, and a change of thought, and that's where you get. Um, there's there's things in your Bible as you begin to read. Um, I don't know what that means. That little thing is called, but no, the little Q. This. Thing. That's a paragraph. Is that, that's,
1: yes,
0: yeah. that's okay. So that's identifying a new paragraph. Yeah. Those two lines. So that's identifying. There's a new thought being given. Okay. Um, but anyways. Um, Yeah, so as we read, we don't, when we, when Dean and I or uh, the other pastors um, stop at a section, it's just because there's too much information there to give if we keep going. Um, To really, um, if if we were designing this class as a 50,000-foot view, we would take larger chunks. Does that make sense? No. So, so we, it's more of an overview. We would take larger chunks of Scripture because it's more of an overview. But this class is not designed to be in-depth, and so we take smaller chunks. It's going to take us uh, close to uh, two, two and a half months just to get through chapter 8. So we're going to be taking two, three, four verses at a time.
1: It would be interesting to see how many words versus the English language... Like, what is the difference in length? Because when you
0: translate something into English, like, you could have more words than they did. Yeah, it reminds me of the old uh, Chinese movies put into English, right? And the guy says, I wouldn't do that, and the guy keeps talking, right? I wouldn't do that, and you can see the guy still, still speaking. So, yeah, it could be, I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> the ink yeah, that the language there's you know they sometimes a lot of times the their language they'll just use one word where they use five or six to explain it. and uh it's interesting cuz arch like i was saying i have four different bibles translations and all four of them said things differently so in in verse 21 it says i find then the Principle that evil is present in me. The ESV says law. The King James says law. Uh, the ESV or the um, NIV says law. And here, for the word principle. Yeah. So those are those other translations. And it and it does uh, give that understanding
1: mind has a one beside it that says law. Right.
0: In the Bible. Like. <laughs> okay. So, and, that, and that's good for us to do. I was doing some, I'm going to be preaching here in Corinthians, so I was doing some studying. And um, the verse said, uh, it is not good for a man to touch a woman. And in other translations, it says completely different. And gives you a gives you different understanding. So you got to be got to be knowledgeable in the fact that your translation again is a translation. And so do the due diligence as you're reading to make sure if you're not understanding. You know look and compare and say or ask questions. Be like Joe. Ask questions. Good. <laughs> and I do. Um. My friend in Florida, Mm -hmm. I don't know what church she goes to, but
1: it sounds crazy to me. (laughs) But she said, told me, we were were reading a scripture together and she was, me, she was way off. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, different people read it in different ways.
0: No. And I
1: said, well, you have to take it like it says. And she says, no, there are different translations and you can read it however
0: you need it. There's different translations. But the problem is, is the translations all need to be uh, saying the same thing. They might say it differently. They're saying the same thing. So this translation says, I find then the principle that evil is within me. Does anybody have a different translation than um, the New American Standard? What translation do you have? Uh, King James. So read read what King James says in chapter 7, verse 21. 7, verse 21. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Okay, so it changes the wordage, but it's the same principle. There's nothing changed with what it's saying, whether it says principle or law. And so I, I did a little bit of research on what the word principle means, okay? And fundamental and your... Yes? So when he says, uh, I find that a law that when I would do good, he's trying to do it. Evil is present with me. So is it evil that's trying to tear him down? Is that what yeah, it? that's what this whole lesson is going to be about today. Okay. Is that war within, okay? So the uh, the new American standard uses translates the word to principle, okay, uh, and the the fundamental truth, okay, a fundamental truth, or um, you write and read my own stuff. Um, wow. Well. Mine is going blank on these words. (laughs) Give them all a blank.
1: (laughs) Fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief or behavior or for a chain of reasoning. Okay.
0: Truth or proposition is your first blank. Believe and behavior... Or a chain of reasoning, okay. So that's that's what's being relayed in the um, the word there, principle, okay. I find that that or uh, your next blank there is a the general. Uh, your blank there is the law, okay? So underneath your next. foundation for
1: system of?
0: Beliefs and behaviors, or for a chain of reasoning. Okay? And if you look at that, it really does fit, right? I find in myself the principle that evil is present within me. Okay? Beliefs, behaviors, a chain of reasoning, this, this evil that is reside within the flesh. Uh, of, of humanity uh, is is very present in me. Okay. He uses the word, and, and again, if you wanted to translate that, or your translation says "law," there, it, it's it's a good translation. Okay.
1: Especially the behavior or chain of reasoning. Yeah. You know, I can reason myself in anything I want. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> so hard.
0: And then he says, what's interesting, he says at the end of that verse, he says, the one who wants to do good. Now, if you remember last week I made the statement that I I want to um, in essence prove or show to you that this uh, Paul is referring to himself as a believer here. Uh, Some would argue that this is an unconverted person. But in verse 21 I don't know how you could come to that reasoning when Paul states the one who wants to do good can an unbeliever desire to do what is good in the sight of God? No. no you can't. It's not an unbeliever wouldn't desire because then we would have to take Romans 3:10 through 19 out of scripture or take that away from what Paul said because what does Paul say? An unbeliever, there's no good found in them, right? So, very important that we understand who Paul is talking to and who Paul is talking about, and he's talking about himself as a uh, older Christian. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Evil. Evil. I think it's evil
1: murder, robbery, and not just.
0: The more, the more we know God, the more we are in tune with God, the more we understand that evil is sin of any kind. Because God sees sin as evil, an offense against Him. So humans tie the understanding of evil as more heinous things. Okay? The more we understand God and His nature, we understand that a lie and murder are just as evil to God. There's not, there's not. God doesn't say, "Well, that was a white lie, so I, I'm not going to view that as bad as you know the, another sin that we humans do." Right? We put levels of sin, and, and really, in Scripture, it does too. There are levels of sin in Scripture um, that um, set things apart. But at the, at the end of the day, God views it all as evil and all as sin. And that's what Paul is getting at here. But so in our law
1: that a um, you know, murder is, is a different sentence than um,
0: a candy theft. Right. Yeah. So someone, someone steals a piece of candy from a store... Um, they're going to be in trouble. But if someone steals um, a car, you know, there's deference in in the level, and a lot of it has to do with money value, you know, in our law system. But, yeah. You, know, you still, if you steal a Dodge, it's really a bad. If you still a You probably won't make it down the street anyway. So. <laughs> but. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, the one who wants to do good, Paul is clearly setting up the idea that the the principle of evil is present in me. This this law, this desire within me to do evil, that's present. And the understanding of the word present is, means it's, it's right there. It's not like in the deep crevices of my inner being that it comes up every once in a while. It's present. It's ever before me It's the, the idea given there. The one who wants to do good. And that piece, again, relaying the foundation of the war between himself and the flesh or his new nature and the old nature. Alright? So here, um, the word "good" is uh, is defined in verse twenty-two. That's your blank there. So Paul again goes. He says the one who wants to do good, and then he goes right into twenty-two and explains himself by what he's saying there. For I joyfully concur that the law, uh, with the law of God. In my inner man. Okay? So, verse 22, Paul joyfully concurs. Okay? Mark, I'm sorry. I guess the, the line for
1: the good is defined in. Verse 22. Oh,
0: stop. So, the word. Well, the verse, I guess the word. <laughs> verse 22. Um, so, the, concur, to be uh, the same, uh, of the same opinion or agree. Okay? That's what the word means. Um, most likely you knew that already. But uh, For I joyfully concur, this is something that only a what would say? A Christian, right? Have you ever met an unbelieving person that says, I joyfully concur or agree with God's Word? No, it's not what's said at all. And I have some verses here. So someone grab Psalms one, Psalm one, verse two. So the little arrows; those are all going to be verses. Okay, Psalms one and verse number two, and then in Psalms one nineteen, you're going to have a few verses to read. Okay, the whole chapter. Oh, just Psalms one nineteen forty seven, and then verse seventy seven, and then verse one o five and one forty. Okay. Forty seven. Psalms one nineteen Seventy. One nineteen. Okay, the chapter one nineteen, and then 47, 77, 105, and 140.
1: 105,
0: okay. And 140. Okay, so someone have Psalm 1 verse 2. But his the light is in the law of the Lord, and on his law the meditation. Okay, so the understanding here in, in Psalms is the same uh, idea that Paul is getting. Okay? I joyfully concur with the law of God. Or joyfully agree. Okay? It's the same thing. He delights in the law of the Lord. Alright, Psalms 119.47. Who has that one? Okay. I shall delight in Your commands, which I love. Okay. He loves the commands of the Lord. I will delight in His love, in the commands and I love them. Alright? Verse 77.
1: May your compassion come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight.
0: Okay? Again, he, he confesses again my, the, the law is his delight. Okay? This is the same heart that Paul has when he says... Joyfully concur. 105.
1: Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path.
0: Okay, so he sheds a light again on the law as the word, as a lamp and a light to his feet. Okay, it is what directs him. And then 140. Your word is
1: very pure, therefore your servant loves
0: it. Okay, the word is very pure and your servant loves it. Okay, this is the heart of Paul, um, again, for the law of God. And so, when we read 21 and 22 together, uh, you can see this great war of battle within, right? I find, in, uh, find then the pr- uh, principle that evil is present within me, the one who wants to do good, For I joyfully concur with the law of God in my inner man. Okay, there's this battle that one side of me wants to do evil, the other side of me joyfully loves God's law. Okay, and then we're going to look at the word inner man. Okay, the word inner man is the same idea that Paul gives. In verse, um, uh, verse seventeen, so now no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which is dwelling in me. Okay, that inner man um, is referring to the first part of the sentence. No longer am I, and we talked about that last week. And he brings it up again in verse number twenty. But if I am but if I'm doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. Okay? And so the inner man... Now, these are saying dwells in me. This is in the flesh. Okay? The inner man is the one who is regenerate and who is a believer uh, and um, is renewed in Christ. And we see that in first or Second Corinthians 2 Corinthians, we see the mention of the, the inner man here. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 16. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 16, and then Ephesians 3 16. Okay. Someone want to grab the first reference, someone else grab the second. Ephesians 3 and 16. And this is in reference to the inner man. Okay? Okay, go ahead.
1: Therefore we do not lose heart, but though so our inner or er, so our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day.
0: Okay. So this is in reference the outer man would be the flesh, the war, the per the the uh, identified as the one we're having a war with, the inner man is renewed day by day by by the spirit, okay? Yeah. Regenerated by the Spirit, okay. Uh, Ephesians 3:16. And He will grant
1: you, according to the wishes of His Lord
0: to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in the inner man. Okay, and again, strengthened through His Spirit, where in the inner man. So this, uh, this understanding here of the inner man is referring to that regenerate person, that person that has been justified and on the pursuit of sanctification. Okay? You feel like we have an understanding of those two verses? Okay. We'll move on to verse 23. But I say hmm. But I say a different law in my members of my body. See, a different law in members of my body. Waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. Wow. Okay? If that... uh, doesn't cause your mind to go, whoa! What's he saying here? Okay, wow. It, it, there's there's a lot going on in that verse, and we want to look at it correctly. Okay, we don't want to look at this uh, incorrectly because you you could, if you don't read this in the way that Paul's intending. Okay, what is the body? Okay, go over to just your next page over or back. Romans six six. What does Romans six six say? Only this: that
1: our old self
0: was crucified with him, in order that our body of sin might be done away, so that would no longer be slaves. Okay. So the body, right here, it's it's tying back to that same idea: the body of sin. Okay. The members of our flesh. Paul talks about that in other places, right? When he talks about our mind, our you know our, the the body, and we've talked about this in previous lessons. He he mentions body parts and ties them to sin. Our feet, our hands, they're swift to kill, and so on and so forth. Um, in, in previous passages, okay. And so when he says here but I see a different law in the members of my body. Okay? This law is that sinful, decaying uh, law. And it's waging a war against the law of my mind. The law of the mind uh, here is in reference to the inner man. Okay. So the body is in reference, is an easy way to get to understand this, the body is in reference to the flesh, the sinful desires of our flesh, um, and the mind is in reference to the inner man. Okay? The mm-hmm. inner man. The mm-hmm. inner
1: man being the regenerated.
0: Regenerated person, okay as we that's what's being said in the verses that we just read there in first or second corinthians 4 16 and ephesians 3 16. okay that's that's what the mind is referring to here okay and making me a prisoner okay now before i give my explanation of what this is saying what what? How do you read this? What do you what do you, Bible scholars say about what is Paul saying here? The the um, waging war, uh, the law of my mind, and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. What is what's he what's he driving at here? Dang! I I thought when I was saved, I'm no longer a prisoner. I'm free. I don't I don't struggle with this no more. I'm not a prisoner. I'm free. What and then Paul comes back here in chapter seven and says, Ah, I'm a prisoner.
1: You
0: still sin. Okay, you still sin. What 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 I is think, what's I the think, idea? What's the understanding here? The way I hear it, I don't
1: know if you're on the same page or not, but I feel like it's been what you were saying before, like the more Regenerated,
0: he is by the Holy Spirit. The so more then he sees it in his life, and, uh, and he's wanting to fight that all the time. Oh. um I'm, I'm not correcting. you I'm just saying that more, more he becomes sanctified. Because when you're yes. regenerated, more regenerated means you're only regenerated one Yep. So the more you're yep. sanctified. <laughs> yes. You know. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, that that's uh, that's a. Um, What is the what is the picture given here in this verse? What's what's the analogy? He's a prisoner inside his sinful flesh. He's trapped. He even though he wants to do the right. What happens in war? Oh, it's bloody. Bloody, but (laughs) what we have what we call prisoners of war, right? And one side wins, and then the other side wins, and, and wow, we have we have this struggle uh, all the time. So the the prince, the the Paul pictures the Christian life as a war between the inner man and the law of sin or the flesh. So your blanks there: the inner man and, and the law of sin or the flesh. So. This is a picture of the, the life a Christian is going to live. Is There is a war. And we know this the longer most of us in here um, have been saved a few years and some of us have been saved. Uh, I'm coming up to 25 years as a believer. Man, man I recognize this uh, wholeheartedly with Paul, that war that goes on. that My, my mind... That is connected with Christ and what I know is right, struggles tremendously with the desires of the flesh. What no man, it's different for each person, right? Some struggle in one way and some struggle with another, you know. And, And I don't want to go necessarily down the road of. Talking about each person's individual sin, you know what that is, and you know when you wake up in the morning what sin besets you, and what sin constantly is at your door. This is what is said in, in Genesis to um, uh, God says to uh, Cain. Um, when he sl- uh, slew, or uh, uh, during that whole uh, scenario with uh, Cain and Abel and, and God choosing Abel's uh, sacrifice over Cain's, and he makes the comment to Cain that sin is lying at your door. It's right there, and you don't want to let it in. And it's, sin is constantly there within your body. Uh, But I see a different law in the member of my body waging war against the law of my mind or the law of God, which is another way you could say that, and making me a prisoner of sin. The understanding of prisoner, um, when we give in to sin, we've been captured by sin, and therefore we're prisoner to it. Does that make sense? That's what the understanding... Paul, we don't want to take the word prisoner and make it say something it's not intended to, to say. It, it's in, co- in context with the war. And pris- have you ever played Capture the Flag? as kids, and teenagers, we played this game Capture the Flag and you're running and you get tagged and you go to jail you become the prisoner of that team and then your team comes and, and tags you and gets you out of there and you can run back to your side. That's kind of the idea that's going on here is we're a prisoner of sin and then uh, we, we get released from that when we get victory over a sin, but we never get complete victory until death. We're going to constantly go back to our sin and be imprisoned by it. And and, and that's depicted all through Scripture. All through Scripture. When we look at Romans chapter 6 and verse 12, it says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lust. This command would not be necessary if we did not live constantly with that battle. We're constantly in that battle of not letting sin reign. Or you can translate the same idea as don't be imprisoned by sin. You have been set free. No longer live in it. That is Paul's heart here. But he wants to know, he wants to remind us that we're constantly going to be struggling with going into prison to the sin of the lust of our members. Okay? And verse. Uh, and in Romans uh, 6 and verse 16, do, do you not know that when, you're, uh, when you present yourselves to someone as a slave of, for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either to sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. And so there again is another uh, another understanding of you're going to be with one or the other. You cannot um, you cannot live righteously and at the same time live sinning. You only do one or the other. You cannot do both at the same time. You cannot be in the midst of stealing this handle but praising God at the same time—the the, the 2 do don't—it's not okay. Which one is which one is more prevalent? If you're stealing the hymnal and but you're walking out singing praises to God, which one is no? You are sinning. Does that mean I have to? Give it's a mockery to God. <laughs> What's that? Does that mean I have to give the hymnal back? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke.
1: <laughs> What's like? Can't be hot and cold at the same time. Yeah. The light can't be on and dark at
0: the same. time. Yeah. The light can't. There cannot be a dark and a light room at the same time, right? It doesn't work. Uh, these are these are what's being said here. So, um, and it's a constant war, and both sides win until death. The more we become sanctified, the more we become more in tune with God's word and love God's word and have it hidden in our hearts and 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 just uh, involve ourselves in church and in activities with church and with the people of God, God's people, and in His word and just our life is that's what our life is involved in the more uh, ability we have because of that to withstand the temptation of Satan. But we still have that war and we're going to lose battles from time to time. And that's what Paul is getting at here. Not to get disheartened when you lose those battles. Ultimate direction. okay? Dean gets the great privilege of starting chapter 8. Like, why did he get to start? I I get all of this stuff. He gets to start chapter 8. Right? Therefore, there is no condemnation. Oh, what a wonderful. Okay?
1: I'm just giving Dean all that.
0: Okay, there's like, basically every time Dean gets to teach, I'm like, that's not fair. I wanted to teach. Okay? I love the book of Romans. This is so much fun to me. And I get jealous every time I don't get to teach. Okay, that's sin. <laughs> that's sin. Yeah. See, there you go. That's why I have a wife. She points out my sins. <laughs> okay. Very, very good. All right. Um, any 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 other thoughts or questions on chat or verse number twenty three there, that Steve. It seems like what you're saying is like we. Under the bondage of prisoners of sin, and if we don't accept Jesus Christ, that's the way it's going to be. But well, we, we are, Christ, we are under the bondage of sin before salvation, before yeah. justification, and there is no way to escape it yeah. outside of um, justification. Okay, but once we are justified, we can be imprisoned by sin. Um, for stints of time, that's what Paul is getting at here. Okay, now we're not the, we're not under the prisoner of sin to where we cannot escape it. We can always Jesus escape. Jesus Christ is our escape route. He's our escape. Okay, so we have the ability to escape the the prison that law that sin would put us under, uh, but we do fall or, fall under that in that war. When we lose the battle and we fall into sin, we become prisoner of that sin. And then we confess our sins and He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And um, all, you know, it's, it's that constant... When we, renew, when we come back to Christ and we live in, with Him, it's, it's a constant back and forth battle that will never end until... Um,
1: Catch for the flag was always very stressful for me. <laughs> 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 that battle, and it's like no wonder this whole thing is just hard. The battle is hard, mm-hmm. and Second Corinthians can um, we are destroying speculations, and every lofty thing um, raised up against the knowledge of God, and taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ.
0: Absolutely
1: is that constantly renewing my mind because the flesh
0: is in it to Yeah. And it's good for us to know this battle exists so that we can identify it and we can run to God and say, hey... I know I'm, I'm struggling here. My mind is wanting to wander. And you can quickly, the more we grow in our sanctification, the faster we recognize our sin. As we talked about last week, Paul, as he grew in his sanctification, as he grew in his knowledge of God, he, became, he went from um, the least of the apostles to the chief of all sinners, recognizing who he is um, as a sinner. And so on. Okay. So, going, we have like five minutes left here. So, um, verse twenty-four um, makes a uh, statement. Okay. Wretched man that I am, Paul again identifies the flesh here as wretched, wicked. Okay. Who. Will set me free from this body of death. Okay. You've got the words there that identify uh, wretched, what they, that those are, what's being relayed there. Okay. Paul is recognizing that is what the flesh is wretched. We sing the song Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. Like me, okay. And Paul is a wretched man that I am, and he asked this question Who will set me free from this body of sin? Okay, the body of sin. If you look at uh Romans 7 5, for while we were in sin, this is uh unregenerate, okay, unsaved, while we were in sin in the flesh, the sinful. Or sorry, for while we were uh, in the flesh, the sinful passions which were uh, aroused in aroused by the law were at work in the members of my body to bear fruit for death. Okay, so body of this death, the fruit that is bared by a wretched man is death. It's... A, it, 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 it accounts for nothing. Okay? And he asks this question, who will set me free? And he answers that in the first part of 25. Thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay? That is who is going to set us free. We are set for free um, by God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. All right, that's that's what that first part of that is, is answering the question of Paul laid out in verse 24. And then it says, So then, Paul gives a summary of the Christian life. Okay, this is the summary of what Paul's saying all the way through, or in, in the latter part of chapter 7, verses 14 through 25. This is the summary of it. So then, on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other with my flesh, the law of sin. Okay. And throughout Scripture, we see, and it's really Paul identifies that we do not want to serve flesh. Stay away from the fleshly desires. And he. He gives us list after list after list of what the flesh and its desires are. And He gives us lists list of what the, the spirit and the, the inner man desires and the two together. And we constantly war. And so the encouragement for us today is we are warring. If you are warring, the, good, the, the chances of you being regenerated are very good. Because you don't war if you're on the same team. And if you are unregenerate, you're on the same team, and so you're not warring. Okay? You're already there. But if you're not on the same team as the flesh, you're going to war with it. The, the the encouraging thing that I have today is... Dean's going to encourage you next week.
1: <laughs> with the,
0: or two weeks, sorry, two weeks right. with, uh, with chapter, the start of chapter 8. But remember, at the end, we win because when time is over and God brings us to heaven to, with Him, sin will be no more. And at the end of it all, we will still win. And we have victory with Jesus over these sins through Him. And the more we walk with Him, the more we're involved in His Word, the more we're tied together with believers, the more we're encouraging each other, the more we can um, not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but fulfill the lust. But recognize you're going to have that war. Don't deceive yourself and think, well, I'm a believer now, so I no longer struggle. Because that's when you're probably going to struggle with. And that's partly of what we're going to be talking about next week. Okay? Don't deceive yourself. Don't think you've ever arrived. Okay? Paul, if we would have thought anyone arrived, we would say Paul had arrived, right? And Paul reminds us that is not the case here in chapter seven. We're going to struggle with sin, but we can. We cannot. See, we can have victory over these sins and and the fact that we can live uh, in in our sanctification. Before salvation, all we could do was sin. Now we can fight and war against it. We can have that battle against it. And through Christ, we gain victory. Through Christ. We don't gain the victory ourselves. We gain it through Christ. Christ is the only one who gives us the victory over sin. Because if we were able to do it ourselves, then why would we need Christ? We have to have his strength, or we will constantly be in the state of wretched man that I am. Okay? Okay? Well, we've made it through chapter 7. Okay. And we we'll start, like you said, in two weeks, chapter 8, and just get uh, ready to settle in. We will be in chapter 8 for several weeks. Oh, yes, yeah. it's just verses, Romans 6, 12, and 16. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, we thank you that. You do not sugarcoat it. And You make us aware of the fact that we are going to struggle with sin, uh, but we can, um, we can defeat it through You. Um, but we it will always be present there, Lord. And we always have to be aware of that. And live in Your strength and Your power. Lord, I pray that would be our desire today. In Your name. Amen. Amen.